Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1954, Kurosawa Akira's Seven, Seven Samurai was released in Japan, and it is widely considered one of the greatest and most influential films ever made. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history? And listen here, partner, I'm your host, Zachary, and things are about to get rootin' and tootin' tonight. My name is Megan, and please don't call me daddy, call me your auntie papa. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that coral spawn in synchronicity at the same time every year. Uh, so no matter what species of coral and no matter how far away they are from each other, uh, when the rest of their species spawns, they spawn. I did not know oh. I'd be here for coral long-distance relationships, but I'm here for it. The way that I coral saw it described... And... Yeah. Uh, I just want the audience to know where I got my information from because it's wild. Yeah. Uh, but Show me the I heard it from David Blaine talking on a Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, my God. Now, David? I want you to know that Wait. I do not subscribe to Joe Rogan. I have not watched his podcast. I only watch, like, YouTube shorts, which is TikTok light. Like essentially so i watch youtube shorts at work when i get bored sometimes and today that was the thing and david blaine said that if you were to take a piece of coral and break it off from like the main coral and you mm -hmm. were to put it in like a sink in like a bucket under a sink in london no mm -hmm. matter what at the same time each year it would spawn at the same time as the other parts of its species so, Out of curiosity, what you're telling and this me. might be ignorant, um, who is David He's Blaine? a magician. He's a magician. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought he was a magician, but I didn't know if I was getting him confused with another David he's Blaine. Like, no. He's like an endurance magician, though. Yeah. So, like, he lives for a year and a half under ground or some shit and like televises that it's it's not actually that but i do believe he like out of lived in an elevated glass yeah, oh, yeah that guy. a time why does he know so much about coral? i don't know and i didn't stick around to ask yeah but i could also well, be wrong like, david blaine could have led me astray yeah, you could have been fucking lying about the he coral. He could have been. Um, but internet friends, Megan and I are starting tonight with zero strikes, and Zach is starting with one uh, because of <laughs> reasons that I am not going to explain to you. If we told you, it might make your ears bleed. It might. Um, 
but we also played a completely made-up game of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, and the order for tonight is me, followed by Megan, followed by Zach. We are going littlest to biggest. Uh, and I will kick yeah, it so off. strap in. What? Strap, strap in. in. Strap That's in. Right. Strap on. Strap on. <laughs> Attaboy. That, second, that yep. second one definitely is a threat. Um... Hang on, ZD looks like she might be trying to come over. Nope, she's not. She's just readjusting herself. All right, ZD. In two weeks, she's going to have a little brother, which will be cool. Um, So my story sure. is super small, and it's another one of these... Uh, it's another one of these stories where the person themselves is interesting, and they did something that's so stupid... Um, or petty, or dumb, or whatever. Uh, and, it, like, so my story is funny That's for a, a sentence. We can talk about it for a short amount of time, but, like, I was telling uh, Zach and Megan during the part of the podcast that we record before we record, which for some reason we call After Dark, um, even though we typically record it before the podcast, uh, I was telling them that this is, this is a short story and I didn't get to research the gentleman I'm talking about in great length because I was busy today. Uh, but I am talking about a man that goes by the name of Cosro the first. Wow. He is also known by the title, uh, and... Again, I apologize if I mispronounce this, which I definitely will, but it's like Anushivran, which okay. stands for okay. Immortal Soul, or the Immortal oh, Soul. yes. Um, and I thought that was a pretty neat title. <laughs> to... I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been called an old soul before, but never an immortal soul, and never now an I'm immortal kind of disappointed. Woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a little <laughs> disappointed, but... Um, you know, I don't I just need think to it's be rude an immortal soul. That my soul. friends and family have never called me an immortal soul. Like I don't. What do I not give off the vibes? Do I not give off the vibes of an immortal soul? Yeah, like rude. I would also. I'll be talking. I to would my also mother love to later. like be the guy that's just like standoffish about that, where someone just like mean? bumps like, into him off. and he's like, "Hey, can't you see that I'm over here being an immortal soul or whatever?" I'm an immortal oh, soul, yeah. but or I'm also a little shy. I'm an immortal. <laughs> yeah, or is it something you'd? I'm an immortal be, like, soul, but I have feelings. About. Ugh. Um. So, anyways, that's his title. Uh, but he becomes the uh, king of kings in Iran, or a section of Iran oh, that okay. was Iran before Iran was Iran. Um. Just like Jesus. <laughs> And uh, he inherits a war with the Byzantine Empire, which was uh -oh. uh, at the time uh, led by Justinian. Oh, the first our man. Yeah, it's the it's man. been a our long boy. time since we've talked about. It's been a while. It's been like ages, uh, mostly since that one episode where we were talking about Justin a lot. Yeah. Um, That's true. But also, remember that whole series where we just, like, talked about Justinian, like, for three episodes straight? Yeah, we did yeah. talk about that for a long time. 
Um, so Justin got his podcast's worth out of us <laughs> then. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, anyways, shout out to Justin. Hope you're still with us, Shout buddy. out to Justin. Uh, so he becomes the King of Kings, uh, inherits a war with the Byzantine Empire, um, which he tries to end quickly, and he does end up, uh, ushering in a... Uh, they call it the eternal peace, which is hilarious because it also gets broken uh, while he's still <laughs> yeah. alive. And then the ensuing war completely outlives Cosro. Uh, well, nice. right. well but, you know, he's an immortal soul, not a miracle that's worker. <laughs> uh, but he's overall, soul, his, his life one. and reign is one of philosophy and great works um, okay. and many many reforms and like i said and i apologize again but uh i did not research all of his reform uh i did not get to research what made him like a real cool guy you guys you know, are I'm welcome betting, to wikipedia I'm that on your of, own. i'm betting it's a lot of road work a lot of infrastructure a know? lot of bridges oh a lot yeah of bridges listen Ancient people, they fucking eat up the bridges and the roads. They're like, you're, he's the greatest man who has ever graced our throne. He built the fucking Brooklyn Bridge of ancient Rome. <laughs> there was Dude also builds a, a bridge of, uh... and becomes a hero. <laughs> he's a fucking hero. Only gods can build lot of, bridges. Um, hands being kissed and babies being shaken, so. Yeah. Um, as as is typical. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I'm glad Megan oh, caught on God. to that. Um, well, I caught on. I was just letting I don't it know. go. I... So maybe that's how they took care of babies back in the day. Yeah, we can't. That is how we they took care of babies. We will never understand ancient cultures. Child it's... death was rampant, <laughs> and many and many people lived to the ripe old age of died in childbirth. So <laughs> yeah, good for them. But what I'm here to what I'm here to talk right. about uh, specifically is. Uh, Cosro's sacking of Antioch. Um, ah. So in the year of our Lord 540, Cosro ends up destroying <laughs> uh, the city of Antioch during a battle. Um, yeah. And he makes a new city. He builds a new city that's meant to house the prisoners of war that he took from the sacking of Antioch. Um, he didn't have to take them. He builds it roughly three miles away from where Antioch was originally. And he okay. calls his new city, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's like We Antioch Cosro. I probably said it right. Um, but who knows? Which, and this <laughs> is like the part that makes it really funny to me, and this is the only thing that makes my story what the fuck worthy uh he roughly translated named the city the better antioch that cosro built <laughs> what an asshole so like, dude i love petty people in history so much like hey i saw your old shitty antioch and uh i'll do you one better I feel like it's like the only name better would have been remember that shit city Antioch. Well, this one's better. Yeah. yeah. 
They're like, man, that name's starting to get pretty long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah. Cosmo, my boy. Cosmo, my boy. And he's like, Cosmo, my boy. Cosmo, my boy. But, That's a long name. And he's like, shut up. You didn't sack it. Yeah. Shut up. You didn't rebuild it. But yeah. I thought that this story to was you too, rebuilt a city. too good to pass up, to be honest, because... One, I also love petty people in history. Yeah. But I also think it's just funny that, like, he sacks this city, he takes prisoners of war, and then the prison colony that he sends them to is essentially, like, Antioch, but better because I built it. And then he changes nothing about their lives. <laughs> He literally well, just, like, listen. moves the POWs into Antioch built by Gosro, and he's like, okay, go ahead. It's like, I don't know how to describe it other than if, like, I'm almost thinking, like, there was a documentary that was made a while back by the same guy that made Super Size Me. Yeah. And it's called The Greatest Movie Ever Sold, presented by Palm Wonderful. Yes, that movie was fucking great. And for those of you who don't know, it's literally just a documentary about product placement that is funded only by product placement. That's, so yeah. So it's like, it, it's like if a large corporation was like, this thing presented by this corporation. Instead, it's like this city <laughs> this thing presented, presented by, by Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, it's Antioch presented by Cosmo. It's Beats by Dre. Except, except it's a city. city by Antioch by Cosmo. Yeah. Fuck, that's good. Dude, I know that's not his name, but calling him Cosmo calling is. Calling him Cosmo just so makes good. me wonder where Wanda is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I'm glad I'm not Where's the only one. Timmy Turner. But. Where is he? Um. But yeah, so that was like. I was very excited about this story just because, first of all. Guys, I'm going to tell you a trade secret here. We tell a yeah. lot of stories about history. And sometimes... Yeah. It's kind of our whole deal. Sometimes, sometimes guys, stories aren't that long. But they <laughs> are kind of funny. And what is yeah. kind of funny is a true. fucking Iranian emperor saying, I destroyed your city... But I built it again and named it the city that you already lived in that I built. It's the equivalent of a toddler making a mud pie in a sand ca sandbox and constantly badgering his mom like, look, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. What's also great is, according to reports, he made it look very similar to the original <laughs> Antioch. <laughs> So it is sort of like the older brother who broke his younger brother's Lego sculpture and then was forced by his parents to remake it. But like half ass. He's like, okay, but I'm putting my name Except on it. Except he made it better. He didn't half ass guys, it. You guys got the beta version of Antioch. I'm the, giving you the full release. I'm giving you the full release. The, yeah. The 2.0 version, if I'm you will. Actually. Yeah, it's the Baldur's Gate we've and all been waiting for. And if you just for. so happen to uh, wait a little bit, there will be a DLC where I'm not even the ruler anymore. 
Guys, I can't wait for Antioch 3 to come out next year. Dude, Antioch 3 Damn, is going to be Damn, I can't lit. wait. I've seen some great reviews. I can't wait reviews. for Civ 7, and this guy's in it. <laughs> uh, I want that. Oh. But anyways. Yeah, I, I can't wait for for Cosmo, my boy, Cosmo, to be boy. one of the leaders. Can we actually Cosmo, get a civilization game that's just all weird, obscure rulers that no one's ever heard about? Oh, I think that'd be God, great. I would love it. Fuck, I don't want to play as Abraham Lincoln. I want to play as this guy. Contact Sid. I'm going to contact Sid right now. The special power that you contact get as Sid this Myers. ruler is the ability when you conquer a city is to just make a new city right next to it with the same name. <laughs> Dude, one time, one time civilization, like the, the team, they were hiring for like a history person. And you were like, I am I that two, person. I was two seconds. I was two seconds away to handing them my resume. And then they were like, oh, but like, can you code? And I was no. like, uh, I'm bringing, I'm bringing the personality. So <laughs> no. There, there, ideas, is, man. there is a mod in um, Civ 6 that lets you play as Cosro the first. Apparently, really? that's what I've been told. I am downloading it now. Who? What are who are your who are your sources? Uh, the internet. I okay. felt very much like Timmy Turner just now because that was his excuse every time they asked him where he got stuff. Uh, the, uh, internet. the internet. Uh, the internet. And his and his parents were like, "Yeah, that yeah, makes sense." Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It's like every single boomer who like. <laughs> Is like what's what's the problem with the with kids these days? And they're like the internet. The internet. Oh my god, but you anyways, are totally correct. That's so fucking great. That was my whole story. That's. Uh, do you want to jump into mine? We yeah. can definitely jump into yours, or we can sit and talk awkwardly about fairly godparents for a little bit. I mean, it would never be awkward. It's always a delight. It is always a delight. I am sit. also gonna lounge because my back hurts. So let me know if you That's can't fire. hear me, but you should okay. be able to hear me still. Yeah. All right. So strap in. Strap um, on. It's another. It strap on. Strap in. It's another episode of uh, what story did Megan bring to the table because she wrote it a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a mystery bag. Tell us. <laughs> Ooh, a mystery. Tell us the title of your uh, story. Uh, you can call me. Anti-Papa. 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 Um, Ooh. Yeah. It's like the anti-Pope. So, the anti-Papa. No, that's what it is. That's oh, what they shit. call... Yeah, so I first found about found out about the anti-Papas like a few years ago where I lost my mind because that's what they call popes that challenge the legitimate pope. Oh. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know popes could duke it out in the ring. Well, have you never yeah, heard of the so story of three like, popes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there were anti they all called each other the anti-papa. I okay. think it's just, That's it's very funny because of the papa aspect of it because I it grew is, up in a time with Stranger Things, and she called the psychotic doctor who was trying to give her powers Papa, and so it's just like, the anti-Papa is a very funny sentence, or a very funny term to me. <laughs> it you is are like probably Papa. one you of... You are like Papa. See, your brain says like that, and then my brain automatically goes, Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you hear me? Papa... <laughs> I just think of it as, like, a strange way to call someone dad. It is, <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> Wait, I don't like you, being called daddy in the like, bedroom, you but if you call me the anti-pop-up, mm, uh, we're going to yeah, be sinful tonight. All bets are off if you call <laughs> me the anti-pop-up in the bedroom. Either that or yes, chef, are the only two acceptable things. Oh, my God. Or a chef. Yes, chef. I just need you I, to know that if is... I'm ever clapping cheeks and I hear yes, chef, I will be too busy laughing to continue. <laughs> no, dude, yes, chef is the best because it's yes, gender neutral. No, yes, chef is great, and I'm not disputing <laughs> that, but I personally would not be able to take it seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would make me try harder. It would make me try harder. I'd be like, wow, I've earned this title. Yeah, right? I'm making was a it, delicious at dish. At the very end, you're just like, was this a three Michelin star experience? <laughs> please give me a good would rating you, and review on you, Yelp. Yeah, please review me on Dude, Yelp. Am I as good as a Singaporean street stall to you? <laughs> I just need to know if I beat the food stalls out. All right. So I'm sure that we could go on about we absolutely <laughs> could. different things. But, okay. So you can call me Auntie Papa is the title of my we story. We haven't even gotten past uh, the title. <laughs> we haven't gotten past the title. We're too busy with uh, sex and Michelin so, stars. That's so true. Noble I read pursuits. this thing the other day that was like, my husband, when we start having sex, says goblin mode on. And then when we're done, he says goblin mode off. And he keeps telling me he doesn't know what I'm talking about when I try to bring it up to him. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what I imagine would happen if you called someone the anti-papa. <laughs> they would, like, ignore you. They would pretend that they don't know what you're talking about. I think that'd be great. Um, okay, so uh, I I know that I have done like a few stories about like bad popes in the past. Yeah. Um, but these are not bad popes are not to be confused with the anti papas who are like the nega popes who claim to be the pope when they weren't exactly elected. Nega Scott. Um, and as we talked, it yeah, it's like. In Sailor Moon, you had like the Negaverse. Yeah. These are that's where these popes come from. It's like Dark um, Link, and but as we're Dark Pope. <laughs> dark Pope, yeah. Uh, so we were talking about the Avignon Papacy earlier, when there were like three popes, and they all called each other like the Nega Pope because while they were elected by their Council of Cardinals. They weren't elected by the official council of cardinals, if that makes sense, because the papacy was split. Anyway, we're not talking about the Avignon papacy right now. Today, we are going to talk about a bad pope, uh, one that was a little less holy than his office would imply. His name is John Twelfth. Um, but like all other popes, he was born with a different government government name yeah because uh, they they all aren't born pope john you know they don't come out and they're like ah oh, pope celeste here you are they choose those names yeah um so pope john's name was originally octavianus okay but that's a better name which, i know i get it but you can't you're not allowed to have cool names when you're the pope yeah you get names like john or peter rules. Or Benedict. Yeah, you get John, 
Peter, Benedict. Okay, but Benedict's or, not bad. And Benedict's not terrible. Celeste, also not terrible. Um, Sixtus, interesting, but whatever. So Octavianus was the son of a Roman patrician and ascended, if you will, to the papacy sometime during his late teens and early 20s. When I was in my late teens and early 20s, I was and still am living at home and was not up for the papacy. So different, different life paths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just we all have different opportunities in this life. And being the Pope was not presented to me. So I he he's in his early, early 20s, probably. Um and he was elected to the papacy in December of 955. Wow. And around 960, John personally led an attack against two of the Lombard duchies to reclaim parts of the papal states. So like that weird area in the middle of Italy where that was all the papal states at one point. All right, boys, we're crusading pope... again. <laughs> we're crusading again against ourselves because we're <laughs> fighting. And... Insular crusading, yay. Insular crusading, yeah. And and the big papa, God, if you will, told us (laughs) we had to play nice with each other. The papa of papas. Uh, The papa to end all papas. uh, Dude, instead of using the king of kings... The uber, the uber papa. Yeah, can you imagine if in the Bible, like, instead of saying God was the king of kings, they just said, like, the papa of He's papas. He's the papa of papas. my fucking mind. Well, I mean, um, to your point absolutely. earlier where you were talking about, like, anti-papa and, like, saying daddy, I mean, there is that whole, like, forgive me, father, for I have sinned is just another way of saying, sorry, daddy, I've been naughty. it's it's all about phrasing truly Uh, so they did some insular crusading uh, and upon seeing John marching at the head of the army the two dukes of the Lombard duchies appealed to the king of Salerno forcing John to sign a treaty that said the papacy and Jesus's greasy little fingies couldn't claim Salerno as part of the papal states so they're just like "Uh, hey Get out of here. You can't. This is not papacy land. Uh, So John realized that he was unable to control the powerful Roman nobility by himself. So he naturally turns to the king of Germany um, named Otto. As they so often are. I don't know why that name... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that name is so funny to me. Also, in my notes, Otto is in all caps. It oh, is, is that why you is, decided like, to shout it moments ago? Yeah, I don't know why I put Otto in all caps. I think at the time I thought it was funny. Otto See, is I was a great like, name. Oh, that's you a really yeah, but sleep deprived. It's a funny name. Now I'm also thinking of like, you say Otto and I think a car, and I'm just imagining a dude in a crown slapping the hood of a car saying, you can fit so many Germans in this baby. <laughs> you can fit so you can fit the entire German army in this baby. Yeah, I think the uh, I think so, the only thing that I think when I think Otto is like just Otto von Bismarck, which is literally the only ruler that I know from that area. Maybe yeah. 
Maybe it was him. Who can say? Because his only name to me is Otto, King of Germany. Um, <laughs> king of Kings. Papa his, of Papas. His king of Kings. The Papa of Papas. The Papas of Ger- Germany. So Otto the first, uh, he lended aid against the powers that were trying to claw out pieces of the Papal States themselves. And upon Otto decides, like, I'm, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to help the Pope. I'm going to do God's work here. And upon entering Rome, Otto declared that he would do everything to defend the Pope. And John proceeded to crown Otto as emperor of the Holy Roman Empire Ah. and swore his own allegiance to him. So, like, Otto is swearing allegiance to John and John is saying, like, I recognize you as the emperor. So let's have a beautiful beautiful political alliance together not gay just political (laughs) and they were roommates (laughs) and and they were political allies uh a little less sexy but it is a little less sexy now that you mention it i know well we can't all have the clinton presidency (laughs) so (laughs) can't all be about the blue dress and the cigar So now the juicy part of John's papacy was how worldly he was. And I feel like worldly is just a good euphemism for like just getting his dick sucked. Uh, (laughs) So people contemned him for this because he wasn't just the Pope. He was also like a secular prince of Rome, which is like, this isn't the case now. Like the Pope is the Pope. But before, the Pope also, like, ruled the Papal States as, like, an actual political figure. Um, So he, like, they kind of had to balance this, like, we are men of God, but also we, we were men, you know, as they say, um, (laughs) of the world. So he was a secular prince of Rome and a man of God. And in his depictions, he is a coarse and immoral man. He was accused of using the papal palaces as brothels. He went to mass without taking communion. Gasp. Uh, He paid people off to ordain bishops, specifically ones that were underaged. Um, So 12-year-old bishops, notoriously not great for the church's image. Adultery, he was also accused of. Uh, a w- so he had, among the people that he was fucking, um, a widow, his father's concubine, another widow, and his own niece were, were just a few. Um, so he really, he was like making, making like the baseball rounds, you know, like he's going on all the different bases and home plate, I guess, was like the niece as he slid into incest. Uh he went hunting publicly. He blinded his confessor um, because he didn't like him, and that killed the guy. Yes. He had a cardinal castrated, and he toasted the devil with wine. I, I don't know why you would do this one. Like, hail Satan. And he just held up a goblet. Uh, he played dice. He prayed to the old gods, Zach. Yeah, a man, a man after your own See, heart. This is my um, problem. You keep like listing his Catholic sins, and then I'm like, he fits right in. 
Well, this is the thing. Well, yeah, he fits right in. But like, <laughs> you're like listing his Catholic sins, and I'm like, yeah, I love this guy. I love this guy. And then you drop some shit like fucking his niece, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> he praised the old gods. Wait. Also incest. And I'm like, well, now I can't root for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, like, well, blinding his confessor also not great. Like, I mean, if the guy was a dick. <laughs> yeah, if the guy was a dick. That's that's true. Also, he didn't make the sign of the cross. I don't understand how this man became Pope. Why would he make the sign of the cross? He prays to the old gods. I think he declared that's true. himself he plays... Pope. He 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 definitely is confused about what he's looking for in the religious aspects of his life. He's like, hail Satan and Odin. Hell yeah, <laughs> Look, look. Sometimes you got to date around religion. Sometimes you're not ready to settle down with a religion, and you just got to kind of see what's out there. Here's the thing, though: most people who are like trying to discover their spirituality aren't already pope. So, <laughs> like, I feel like you're pretty locked and loaded when you get like ordained as pope. Yeah, you kind of fucking um, signed up for a long-term commitment there. You definitely did. Look, he was cheating on everyone else. Why doesn't he cheat on God, too, I guess? Yeah, I guess. I feel like Satan isn't that much of a stickler. Like, he chose Satan. He's like, hail Satan. And then, then, like, the next day he starts, like, praying to Zeus. And Satan's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm not a jealous God. I can't really, like, speak for Satan, but I feel like Satan's cool with polyamory, you know? Oh, a thousand percent. He's a like, watch. I'm gonna meet. I'm gonna go to hell. I'm gonna meet Satan. He's like actually a very monogamous, I'm a and like it means monogamous. a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it like it means a lot to me that like I have this bond of of trust and one on one, and I'm gonna be like, I I'm so sorry about that one podcast we made. <laughs> I'm sorry we passed dis- dispersions against you. We assumed things. I. I'm so sorry. Your your church just so much for the needy. Um, <laughs> so, so after listing all of those things, some seem more egregious than others, but all of them sound dope as hell as a par- at a party. I think the one that gets uh, you sent to hell is not making the sign of the cross. <laughs> that's true. Everything that's... else sounds acceptable to me. The not making the sign of the cross is like can't no, be that's... forgiven. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why I go around castrating people. I'm like, do the sign of the cross, and some people don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, castration. <laughs> Straight um, to jail. It makes it makes me an absolute nightmare at my job, let me tell you. Uh, so, in the end, John ended up having a falling out with Otto. Yep. Uh, before leaving Rome, Otto urged John to give up his worldly and sensual lifestyle, which John ignored. Um, I would too if my lifestyle was described as sensual. Uh, I'd be like, thank you so much. Uh, more than that, though, John was fearful of Otto's growing power and tried to form a league against him. However, John's ambassadors were captured by Otto, who then sent a deputation to Rome to discover what was happening. In the meantime, John sent his own envoys to Otto to try and convince him that they had truly turned over a new leaf and were reforming the papal court. They're like, we, we the palaces are no longer brothels, we assure you. Uh, so, like, no more orgies in the palaces and all that. 
However, when Otto came back to Rome, none of that was happening. And instead, he found a city that was divided between his supporters and those that supported John and the papacy. So John realized that he couldn't defeat Otto militarily, so he fled ac across the, um, the Tiber with the papal treasury, of course. He was like, I, I need the jewels if I'm going to maintain this lifestyle. And uh, Otto then summoned a council, which demanded that John come out and defend himself against the charges of being a bad pope. And John then responded by threatening to excommunicate anyone who attempted to, dep to depose him. He was like, I will, I'm not afraid to tell God that you're a bad person if you're mean to me, <laughs> is essentially what he said. Don't bully so, me, I'll damn you to hell. That is so true, though. He's like, don't bully me, I will damn you. Um, don't bully me, I'll come. Uh, undeterred. We didn't need to bring it there, Otto, but we did. Don't bully me, I'll we come did. send we... God after you. I'll come send God after you. So undeterred, Otto deposed him. He's like, I'm not afraid of seeing you come dispose me. And so Otto deposed him and elected another pope in his, in his stead. So John officially becomes an anti-papa at this point. And John didn't know that he was no longer Pope because he had fucked off to go hunting in the mountains by this time. He was like, I understand that we're, I'm fighting for my life out here, but like, I need some R&R, &R. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hunt. I would also so love it if he didn't the... know he wasn't Pope because he didn't speak <laughs> Latin. <laughs> that would also it was be just funny. a surprise to him because the decree was written in Latin and he doesn't speak it. Yeah, like unclear what John's deal was. He so, clearly had a lot um, going on. <laughs> he had a lot going on. So some of the residents of Rome tried to defend John. Why? I don't know. Maybe they liked the juicy goss of people fucking in St. Peter's. Yeah. I would defend him too in that case. Uh, however, Otto squashed it like the people trying to defend him and it was a heavy loss of life to the city. Like, he killed a lot of people who were trying to defend John. And um, when Otto left, John came skulking back and actually got rid of the Pope that had been elected with some good old torture, he then decided it was time to make some amends with Otto and headed out to meet him. However, on the way, John died while enjoying an adulterous sexual encounter. And it is rumored that he died at the hands of an outraged husband who didn't believe the Pope was just doing it for Jesus and threw him out a window. <laughs> he defenestrated the anti-papa? Yeah, the anti the pope turned anti-papa turned back into pope. And that's the story of John the 12th. I know that was long, but That was a fucking roller coaster it, and I love it. I got to be honest. It was a roller coaster. I'm mostly impressed with Zach reaching for the top shelf with the word defenestrate. It's one of oh, my yeah. favorites. That's a fucking SAT a word, name. bud, and it's got no business here. <laughs> Look, sometimes you That's have to SAT. reach for the top shelf words to remind people that you're literate. Zach. Yeah, that's so true, though. We type our notes. Yeah. People know that we know words. They don't. 
Not Unless sometimes. you pay us money, you don't Not... see that we type notes. <laughs> That's true. All right, fine. I'll allow right, I'll Jack. allow the top shelf word this time. <laughs> Some sometimes you just but, need the champagne any... of words. Sometimes <laughs> the champagne, the champagne of words. It's, Why not? I would say it's like a Cadillac. Can we just say that <laughs> it's like, champagne is not the champagne of drinks? Like, I don't consider true. champagne to be a top-shelf beverage. Look, the only time that I like champagne is when I have a death in the afternoon. Okay. Oh, damn. That was a... That's quotable. That was a quote of the week for sure. Well, uh, uh, do you, that a was death a in the afternoon the is a cocktail. Oh. I it see. was Ernest Hemingway's favorite cocktail. Oh, that makes you pretentious. Oh, I thought you meant like, damn, I, I legitimately thought that what you were saying was I only drink champagne if I, like, I have a funeral to go to. No, I, I that's also pretty dope. But uh, yeah, no, it's a cocktail that Ernest Hemingway came up with. That's just as batshit crazy as he is. You know what I've been really enjoying recently as far as cocktails go? And I know that this is not the point of the podcast, but... Zach said it, and I'm here for it. Um, yeah. I've been fucking with old fashions a lot recently. Old fashions are great. Old fashions are so good. Uh, what's really good is a sake old fashioned. Wow. I'll believe you. I will also believe you until I can have a Confirm chance to deny. try. I went to a it's... work event last week and had two old fashions. For now, the sake cocktail shall remain Schrodinger's sake. Schrodinger's cocktail. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Absolute strike. (laughs) Fine, I'll take it. (laughs) It's a good thing Steve's not not on this podcast, because if we give strikes for puns or just bad innuendos... (laughs) I feel like that's Steve's he whole wheelhouse. He would absolutely wheelhouse. be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would be obliterated. <laughs> absolutely. Three um, strikes immediately. Okay, I earned it. <laughs> yeah, he, like, logs on, and he, like, he makes a dad a dad pun, and we're like, no. Nope. That's he, an automatic you, three strikes. You kidding me? He'd make him in the Discord chat before we begin recording. We start. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I love uh, him, Absolutely now. so true. I love him. Oh, same, but, like, you are who you are and own it. <laughs> own it, for sure. He does. If anyone ever has, it's him, for sure. Look, the only two people that I accept dad sla- dad jokes slash puns from is Steve, Steve and, and Jason. Steve. Yeah, Because absolutely. they own it. They own it. They believe but, it. But uh, I'm going to take the metaphorical uh, or rather imaginary talking stick from Jesus, Megan. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I guess yeah, I'm Jesus now. I feel like now. this whole time Deal I've been it. holding it to you. Like, as we've been talking about old fashions, I've just been like, eh, eh. Like, <laughs> like poking you with the talking stick. Oh, well, yeah, that imagery that does it, help. That imagery does help. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about my shenanigans tonight. My chicanery. Um... A good word. That's also an SAT word. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm top shelf tonight, baby. I am gonna have to give you another <laughs> no, strike. Why? Why? Because top. We've done the top shelf. Pick from the middle shelves. Otherwise, Look, you're just no, showing off get, your height. 
Don't give him Sometimes a. Sometimes I don't give him a strike for for like reaching. Look, hey Matt, I'm not trying to, but I'm a tired boy, and I don't feel like being smart right now. <laughs> Look, all I gotta say is don't hate me because you ain't me. Okay, you earned a strike for that yeah. one for sure, though. I don't mind that at all. Okay, so we're keeping it at two strikes. As long as it's not We're not word. penalizing him for being on the top shelf, but we are penalizing him for making a quote from that one movie with James Franco trying to kill Kim Jong-un. All right. I didn't even know it was from that. Have you- <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a quote. Well, there's, there's a quote in that movie where they go, they hate us because they ain't us. Well, now I just feel awful inside. As you should, which is why you got the strike. <laughs> but if you couldn't tell by my intro, we are once again going to be returning to the good old Wild West for my episode tonight. Oh, I love that journey. Are we doing us. Gentleman Crimesman? What was that? Is this Gentleman Crimesman? Or are we doing a Gentleman Crimesman? Uh, we'll get to it. Um, because okay. specifically, we're, we're talking about a Wild West robbery. Um, and speaking okay. to that, Megan, I have not forgot about my heinous gentleman of history, but I'm on a bit of a robbery kick lately, and I'm just, I'm following no, my that's bliss. Fine. No, that's, that's fine. I, it's just like sometimes when you do, well, more often than not, when you like take a trip into the old West, um, it is for a gentleman it's like usually about it. Mm. It is for a gentleman crimesman. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, I, I do love the gentleman crimes of the old west, but I'm I'm in heist mode because well heists are heist really fun mode. to talk about. Uh, they okay. are a good time. They are a good time. Good time had by all except for those getting robbed. But fuck them, we took it. <laughs> um, also, I would like to state that if I was in a heist, uh, my nickname would be the janitor because I am, can almost guarantee I'd be the one having to clean up everyone else's fucking mess. Oh, okay, that's fair. What would, okay, what would Matt's be? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I want to know. I would Matt, be the muscle. Okay. The muscle? Yeah. Oh, because I imagined, much like those stories that I wrote about us in college, that you would be the one who would, like, pose as the security guard and be like, nothing to see here. Sorry, this hallway's closed. I mean, that's ah. also fair. I think... Yeah, I think that would work for me. I could so I could see that. Matt is the actor. I am the actor. The actor. Megan, what would your heist yeah. name be? Um Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I don't... I don't know. Mostly because I don't know what my my role would be in a heist. That's actually really imperative. Like uh, It all depends on your role. Yeah, like I I will get back to you about that because okay. I haven't I haven't thought about what my role would be and I don't want to hold up your story. Okay, I appreciate that because my story tonight uh, is going to be talking about Sam Bass and the Union Pacific Big Springs robbery. It's a you f- said Sam Bass and all I thought about was Chuck Bass from <laughs> fucking uh, Gossip Girl. Yep. <laughs> that. Like he, I was like Chuck Bass, Gossip Girl. X O X O Gossip Girl. X X O X O. It's Chuck Bass, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Union Pacific Big Springs robbery, which is a big name, but it was also a big robbery. So hold on to your hats and let's get a stealing. Let's get a stealing. The date is September eighteenth, eighteen seventy-seven. Uh, yes, I'm giving specific dates for once, and uh, yeah, so deal with it. It's not just a it was, year; it's actual it was a dates. Good year. Uh, the number four. A good day. The number four train of the Union Pacific, one of the largest train operations in the United States, is leaving San Francisco with a load of goodies. Ooh. The train makes a regular stop at Big Springs, Nebraska, to fill up at a remote watering station. Because trains are just big metal horses, as you know, and even they need water. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the time... I've heard that before. I just love the imagery of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, train's whistle is just a weird neigh. You didn't know that? I just like the idea of Zach sitting down with a person who knows nothing about trains. And he's like, a train is a big metal horse. (laughs) Don't ever let me talk to the aliens on first contact. I will confuse them. The time is approximately 1045 at night when six men approach on horseback. These six men are none other than Sam Bass and the Black Hills Bandits. Now, a bit of derailment. See what I did there? Is that Uh a train bond? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) To give you a bit of backstory on Sam Bass himself, Um, Sam was born on July 21st in 1851, uh, where he was quickly orphaned just before his 13th birthday. Oh, okay, classic. Classic Wild West shenanigans. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't have a bandit story without at least one orphan, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Those are the rules. them, Them the rules, I don't make them up. Uh, Despite his status as an orphan in the Wild West, he ends up getting a reputable job at a sawmill uh, when later in his teens before kind of meandering further west and beginning work uh, for the sheriff in Denton, Texas. And he does some other jobs after he does his sheriff work in Denton. Uh, He wrangles cattle, but is ultimately dismayed by the low pay and long hours. (laughs) I feel you, brother. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Uh, however, he really comes into his own when he buys a horse and begins his career as a horse racer. Nice. Oh. And 
In this time, while he is horse racing, he was known as a fair sport and an upstanding man. Some might even call him a gentleman. A gentleman. That's right, I wouldn't leave you hanging, people. Cue the fucking music. Oh my god. He baited us. It is a gentleman crimesman. It's a gentleman crimesman story. So Bass and his partner, Joel Collins, not sure if that's phrasing is just business or if there's pleasure involved. I didn't look into it. End up retiring from horse okay. racing and they start a cattle drive. However, okay. as they're doing the cattle drive, uh, they immediately lose all of the money that was given to them by the ranchers to do this cattle drive because they gambled Fuck. it all away in Deadwood. Yes. Fuck. Now, this is where Sam and Joel turn to each other and say, hey, making an honest living out here in the West kind of sucks. Why don't we just take whatever we want? And they do. And they do. Congratulations. You've unlocked top tier banditry. <laughs> now flash back to reality. Hope there goes gravity. Hope there goes okay, see, gravity. I was gonna. I would. I have that written in my notes. The notes literally read. Now we flash back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes Sammy's robbing a train again. <laughs> and I didn't know if I was gonna get a third strike for that, so I didn't fucking say it. I'll take a strike if I have to. No, 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 no don't. I just. I'm cutting it close to the edge with two strikes. I couldn't risk the third. Eminem is a gentleman crimesman. So. We return to the night of September 17th, 1877, and about at 10.50 at night, like five minutes after they start creeping up on the train, our boy Sam and the Black Hills gang board the train and immediately begin to rob the place. Now, this isn't like a typical passenger train. It's mostly freight. So it's not a ton of people, but it's a lot of goodies. And it... That's what we're looking for. What was that? That's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. We're just looking, we're looking for, the for the goodies. The goodies. Less people, the better. Because fuck people. They're the worst. <laughs> and they're... the Listen, no offense to the pores, but they got nothing to rob. Nothing to rob. Um, so it's mostly goodies, but there are a few passenger cars. And they head back to the safe where the passengers st- have stored all of their goods. And they grab about $450 along the way. It's not a great take, oh but it's something, you know? What do you mean? Back in the day? Yeah. That wasn't a good take? I mean, $450, like, it's a couple thousand dollars, you know? Oh, okay, I guess. But split between six people. Eh, it's <laughs> you got it's a 11. You got a $20 bill. <laughs> yeah, you got a $20 bill. It's great. Um... But Sam didn't come for small potatoes, so they grab a train attendant, and they start to interrogate him. And what they didn't account for, because they're like, hey, open the safe. And the attendant's like, hey, I can't open the safe. Because they had this newfangled technology called a time lock, and that time lock wouldn't expire until the train was supposed to reach the station. So... They're kind of at a loss here, and one of the men in Bellamy, uh, Sam, uh, I said almost Sam Bellamy, which is a pirate and not a robber. I Sam Bass, one of his crew. Week. 
Exactly. Um, one of Sam Bass's crew kind of gets fed up and he doesn't believe that this guy is telling the truth. He thinks that the time lock doesn't exist. So he gets frustrated and immediately pistol whips this attendant in order to try to get him to cooperate. And why is this a D&D heist? I, I don't know. Like, why is this literally a D&D heist where it's just like, oh, you won't tell me exactly what I need to know right now when I want it? Pistol whip. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. So one of Sam's crew pistol whips uh, the attendant and Sam doesn't like this because Sam is not an asshole. And he immediately tells the other robber to back off, you know, because he's a gentleman. And that's true. So the boys are like, fuck it. We don't have any money, but like, at least we're out of here. It is what it is. $450 is it's all we got. So they're about to leave the train. And then Sam catches something out of the corner of his eyes that the other robbers did not. And it's these three big wooden boxes stacked up by the main safe. And when they open them up, guess what's inside? Lots more money. Is it gold? Yeah. Yeah. Lots more money. Because it's full of freshly like, minted $20 coins. Yes. Right off the presses of oh the San Francisco God. Mint. Just boxes of freshly minted $20 coins headed in for circulation. And they never made it to circulation because the gang takes it all. Well, I mean, they did. They did make it into circulation, just not in the route that they yeah. anticipated. It stimulated the economy. <laughs> yeah, of their economy. Their economy. Um, the hall was valued around $60,000. Nice. Which is real nice, because I did the math for you. Yes. Oh, and uh, that rounds out to about, ooh, um, carry the one and... Multiply and uh, one point seven million dollars in today's money. Nice. Yes. That's a, he did it. That's a whole lot better than four hundred and fifty smackaroonies. Yeah. So this marks the first robbery of the Union Pacific train, and also the largest robbery of a Union Pacific train. And Sam Bass and the Black Hills Gang make it out of there scot free. Never get caught for this robbery so uh, and it is how i have a question yeah i have a question um how did they so like they never got caught right so they, they didn't like get caught leaving the train they were not caught during the heist let me rephrase oh okay because like how did people know who stole the shit yeah if they never got caught so they do this train robbery and they get away from the train robbery, no problem. And this actually starts Sam Bellamy's, like, infamy. It's not... Like, Sam Bellamy did a couple of heists before this. His name's this not is the one Sam that Bellamy. put him on the map. Sam Bass. It's another Sam B, all right? I just Sam... want to make sure that our audience knows we're not talking about Paratis of the Caraboons. No, not Paratis of the Caraboons. I apologize. Sam Bass. So this put Sam Bass on the map, and he was, like, a very low-time criminal before this. And then he does this robbery, and a bunch of, uh, like, gunslinging mercenaries is the wrong word. Bounty hunters like are like, all right, let's fucking get this guy. There's a contract out on him. And he, you know, gains this infamy from it. Um, and... It is said that the gang ends up splitting their take six ways evenly under a prominent cottonwood tree that stood alone on the prairie, which is kind of romantic, and I dig it. What? 
Why do they know that? Uh, look, sometimes shit about the Old West is overly what? romanticized and may not be completely historically accurate, despite this being a history podcast. But I think it was a nice little thing to add. <laughs> Here's the thing. We have fucking GPS, we have satellite images, and we can't tell where, like, Mexican cartels are. <laughs> yeah, but... But we, but we know that they they shared a beautiful moonlight moment as they split up the money. Look, someone and... probably wrote it in their dream diary. I'm... I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm done. But Sam would take most of his share and spend it handsomely, uh, eventually being deemed a Robin Hood-like figure as he was said to make, quote, payments of $20 for a dozen eggs or a pan of warm biscuits, reportedly from many directions. So basically he would, Damn, like, overpay everyone because he had the money for it. Man, can you imagine spending more for eggs in 1860 than eggs actually cost today, which is almost $20? Right. Um... However, Sam also returns back to robbing only four months after this train robbery, which leads a lot of people to believe, myself included, that Sam basically just liked to rob for sport rather than for profit, which makes me like him even better. Yeah. Like, if you have fun with it. If you work a, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you love what you do. Um... But to put a not-so-nice little bow on the story, Sam lives until the ripe old age of 27, because he died. What the fuck? Yep. <laughs> he joins the 27 Club? This... He's like the first member of the 27 Club. Uh, he dies after being taken into custody after a shootout with the law. Uh, and in fact, he only makes it to the ripe old age of 27, because the outlaw Sam Bass dies on July 21st, 1878 on his 27th birthday dang dude no poor boy poor boy poor poor steely boy oh, the greats are taken from us too young Ugh. we lose them too young for sure uh, only the good bad young. robbers die young <laughs> good, bad, but that's steely it boys. that's the story of sam bass and the union pacific What's the whole? It's a big mouthful. Yeah, you did. A, <laughs> Let me make yeah, sure I get it right. Whole... The Union, the Union Pacific Big Springs robbery. There you go. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say. But at the end of the podcast, what's really fun for me is when I launch into like my goodbye and Zach interrupts me. There it is. <laughs> That's the sound cue. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening tonight. We appreciate you jumping into our uh, space here to enjoy our shenanigans. Um, we really appreciate that you listen, but also the best way to help us out. Guess what is a free way to help us out? If you head on over to Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five star rating and a review. Uh, sometimes if we have a new review, we like to read it out for our listeners. Uh, also, just giving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or and or you can do both if you're nice. Uh, Spotify helps us by kind of moving us up the charts and making it so that the all knowing, all seeing algorithm lets people or rather the machines know that people like us. So if you want to do that or you can also just tell a friend, we don't advertise. Uh, we don't pay for advertisement. So the best way 
to get this show to be known is for you to tell someone about it. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. If you look up the Triumvirate produ- Productions on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions. Also, I feel like I say Triumvirate, but in case you don't know how to spell that, it's T R I U M V I R A T E. You can also join our Patreon. We've talked a little bit about some Patreon stuff, but if you look up the Triumvirate Productions on Patreon or go to www.patreon.com slash Productions, you can find us there. We have a $3, $5, and $10 level where you can get some extra fun bonus content like our After Dark and also unedited episodes. Uh, and with that, I think I've wrapped up my stuff that normally interrupts Matt. So, Matt, I'll let you resume. I like how I sit for the end. I don't have an outro. I mean, you did that one time. You did what the piss history will go down in history. honestly (laughs) the best ending to an episode that we've ever had. It was so off the cuff. I solidly laughed for five minutes after that episode wrapped. And I went. Should I do? I went like a... to bed that night, like thinking about it and laughing to myself. Should I do a picture where it's like a beautiful picture of Paris, and then over the skyline of like the fucking Eiffel Tower in like beautiful calligraphy? It's just like what the piss. I'm just gonna. Where's the piss history? Yeah. I'm just gonna get a picture of the Eiffel Tower and color put it in a like a lovely piss sepia tone. Yeah, piss sepia. <laughs> a piss sepia. But anyways, now that we've reached the end of our podcast and Zach has said beautiful, wonderful things, uh, I will close out the way that I always do with the faithful question: What the fuck, history? Awesome. Um, are we turning off, or do we have anything more to say? I think we're Gucci. I think we can turn off. We're Gucci? Yeah. Okay, I just, like, I wanted to make Count sure. Count us out whenever before. you're ready. Okay. Um, three, two, one, stop.